0: Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com.
1: The Reds write another chapter of this high-wire second-half push for top four against their most bitter rival. Of course, I'm talking about Manchester United. I think Peter Drury said it best. Who saw it coming? Who could have dreamt it so? United in shreds. <laughs> So much to love just in that singular quote. And then only a few minutes later, half a dozen reasons to believe Liverpool are back. Just words from heaven, literally. Let's only hope. Welcome back to the Talk On Podcasts, which is welcomed after three and a half bloody years, (laughs) interrupted by life, COVID, Delaware. That's right. Talking to you, Brian Painter. Uh, a lot of it's gotten in the way of us recording for a stretch, but we're so delighted to be back. We probably missed you more than you missed us. And, of course, I'm your host, Jeff Hallett, and I'm joined by some old favorites, beginning with Nick Stellings. How you doing, Crispy?
0: What's up, Crispy? Thank you thank you so much for having me on. Um, I mean, this is a, a great time to bring back the podcast. I think some fake fans will probably say we're fair-weather podcasters. Uh, I like to think that talk on kind of created this spark that ignited the fire today
1: there you go what
0: a glorious
1: officially it was Tyler and Painter at a pub with more than a few pops in them that officially kicked us in the butt but I'll go with that that works Um, and then uh, the real star of the show uh, from Cafe Football to that last episode that I never posted which I I know it I'm sorry
2: Jimmy Torijon do you, the only question is, do you forgive me? I, I do forgive you because I had wonderful time not recording as literal went on the best stretch, and then you know, then you decide to record when we're doing the worst stretch again. So I don't know, Jeff. The, your timing is impeccable. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I usually hear that in jest, but I, I'm, today, after a result like this, I'm just going to go with it.
2: <laughs> That's great.
1: And then, of course, FSG didn't invest in the
2: team with. Could get lost forever on that point. But they're anyway, going to, they're not going to after this. They're going to say it's not necessary again and we're fine. And Klopp's going to say we have enough midfielders. So, <laughs> well, let's just enjoy today. It, that gets us to,
1: I mean, we're already there, but it, your hot takes from today. And it could be literally anything, uh, you know, so much to choose from from our defending to the press and counter press, our distribution across the pitch to our finishing. Nick, why don't we start with you?
0: Oh, my God, where to start? Um, I mean, the, one of the first takeaways was energy and passion. I mean, we've we've been watching this Liverpool side all season, and they seem to come out flat a lot. And the first half was, you know, kind of back and forth, pretty even. But, man, that second half, they came out flying. Or, uh goals from all the attackers, two goals for our three starters, and then Bobby coming off, you know, it's always great to see those guys clicking like that um you know I was an attacker so I love seeing all those attackers scoring goals um the lineup you know the lineup was pretty solid uh, I know we'll probably get into that in a little bit but we didn't have to really rely on you know our defensive guys getting burned but yeah I mean there's so much to get I'm, as you can see I'm kind of rambling but the energy and passion was was number one for me and it was something that you love to see after after coming out so flat for many games
1: no question, and I infamously groaned about Robertson in the lineup over Simikas. Jimmy, how silly did I look at the end?
2: I don't think it was that silly for pre-match thoughts to think of having Costas in the lineup over Robbo. I think all of us have seen throughout the season that Robbo's kind of been slowing down a bit and being in the Klopp system, I think that's not unexpected, unfortunately, but big game player came up big for this one. Hot takes for me were I was initially not happy or confident in that midfield. I think most of us weren't. I don't think that any of us thought that a Henderson and R.V. Elliott midfield would support the at all. And that was my hot take to to begin the game. And with the front, I think right before Cody started to score, I said he was not impressing me and I'm going to stand by that and I'm going to die on that hill later. I (laughs) give full credit for the goals that he scored, but I will give my reasoning as we go through. Yeah, I, I did see him press and counter-press like a fiend on
1: De Gea, you know, everything in the opposing half. Like, I I was I was proven pleasantly surprised, I think. But we'll, we'll get into that more as we kind of roll through the first half. We're already there. Jimmy, why don't we just, like, keep it with you? I mean, we started with energy I we've rarely seen from this team, uh, from... Harvey winning balls back and getting it up the field to Mo, uh, pressing De Gea as I just mentioned with with Gakpo, which you know you, you it might be there here or there
2: on that kind of a point. It was a pretty perfect start, wasn't it? When you come off as negative, like I think we should be really excited about the fact that we saw seven goals go in into the back of the net at Anfield again, and this time instead of it being two to five, it was seven zero. So like I think we should. Rebel in that, be super happy, but the we've seen the first 20 minutes against the big teams at Anfield this season, and two that I can, well, actually, Manchester City beat them, and then at the same time, we've seen Real Madrid, which turned out to be a big loss. We've seen them come out hot for the first 20 minutes of the, of the big games, and I was skeptical. I was like, okay, let's see the first 20 minutes. Let's see if they can continue to do this type of pressure. So I sat on my hands for the first half, and I was pleasantly surprised that they kept it going, that they were able to keep up the energy, and it resulted in goals to end the first half. And I know when Nick was saying that second half, Liverpool came out, and they came out hot, obviously scored a couple, well, handful of more goals, and I didn't know what to expect. I wouldn't have been surprised had we seen them sit back and Man United kind of take over and start to pressure because 2-0 with Liverpool right now is not a sure thing. Before, it was, you could say during Vintage Clock, which was only like a season or two ago, you would feel pretty confident with Liverpool being up 2-0 that they would continue it in the, for the rest of the match. But this season, it's just been heartbreak after heartbreak when they take a lead during the times that they do. Because obviously, we've seen them, as Nick already mentioned, come out flat in the first half, go down one or two goals before they begin to play. And at that point, they almost just don't have enough gas in the tank to actually come back and get a result. Or if they do, it's just for one point. Very true. And
1: uh, thinking about the first half and how United started, I mean, obviously we brought the energy and that's great. And, you know, good question whether we can sustain it for a full 90 minutes. I think we did today. But United didn't start terrible. I mean, Fernandez probably had their best first chance early in the first half that just the header that went just wide of the goal forced Allison into a full stretch save Nick uh, were we a little perplexed at that point?
0: Yeah I'd say you know the beginning was like a heavyweight title match it was like kind of going back and forth heavy shots I had there was three cases where I saw all sides where barely all sides like Anthony um, after like Elliot gave the ball up Missed it. Casemiro with like the free kick. I mean, he was pretty offsides. And then Fernandez was barely offsides, but Allison kind of stayed composed and forced him to the side. But I mean, a couple of those, if they're just another foot on sides, changes the whole direction of the game. um Shaw had like a cross to Rashford and he had a heavy touch where you're not sure if he should have one time that or he was trying to go around Allison. But they had a ton of chances in the first half. They just didn't take them. Um, but, you know, we scored that late one in the first half, gave us momentum. The one thing that everyone kept saying was like, Tim Hag and his uh, halftime adjustments, and they're going to come out and make adjustments. But really, you didn't see too much. And they came out, and Liverpool hit him in the mouth, right? First two minutes of that Nunes goal. Um, you know, Rashford not starting up top and forcing forcing Alistair and Canote to to do better, um, you know, Weghurst, he, he was like, I didn't even know he was playing out there. It was crazy. So, uh, I think that their tactical awareness and situations that Ten Hag has been praised for, you know, just didn't really show up today.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Ten Hag, he talked about with great confidence that he knows what he's walking into. He knows the environment that is Anfield. If it gets really pumped and, and intense, that he knows just to leverage that for the betterment of his team. There were great words, but you know, it certainly seemed like at a certain point they got rattled. And I pretty sure that began with getting Bruno like taking his head out of the game. That
2: that happened early, didn't it, Jimmy? I don't know. The frustration for United I obviously came through for all the talk that Liverpool were dominating, that they were pressuring, that they had possession of the ball. And this is something that we talked about in the group chat, Jeff. United, I think, had three shots on goal while Liverpool had zero. This was right up to leading up to the point that Liverpool went, went ahead through Gapco. So I could see the frustration, but I think that, again, for all the possession, what they still seem shaky at the back. So if any of those balls had gone in for United, their three chances they had in the first half right before uh, Liverpool scored, it could have gone a different way. Now, we, we might have seen Liverpool get back up and and fight on or we might have seen them just completely collapse which is what they did against Madrid so that's why I'm saying even after that first goal to end the half I was I was very very wary of being too excited I I actually didn't celebrate too many of the, of the first couple of goals it turned into joy towards the end of course but it, it, for me it could have gone either way S- certainly sounds like you,
1: my man. You you're very cynical. You know, you you try to stay stoic through these big moments versus you know, Nick and I, I don't know, we're jumping out of our chair. Remember the seat index? I think we were well outside yes. of our seat, jumping out the window, in fact. Yeah. Um it, you mentioned the so there was the Fernandez chance going wide and then a couple minutes later it was there was the Nunes chance, which was it it was brilliant, but he scuffed it and he was offside anyway um i think that was at like the 19th minute but um this is where robertson really showed what he was there for today uh, he was stealing the ball back instantly triggers a set piece and i think it was that kind of energy that really you know pushed us through the rest of the match wouldn't you agree nick
0: yeah i mean as far as the non attackers i think robertson was the man of the match. He was everywhere. He was always up top. That there was one point in the first half where him and Trent were linking up like strikers. Um, so that was that was great to see. Uh, if he would have just put that on on target, that would have been great. Have uh, Trent with an assist and Robertson with the goal. Um, but it just seemed like he was involved in every play, tracking back. Um, the ball that he played to Gakpo was just stellar. You know, he waited for a second to push the defender out wide and then Gakpo made that inside run and Robertson with the perfect three ball. So, yeah, I mean, he he played stellar all match. It was great.
1: Yeah, Robertson's intensity and his consistent play throughout the match is brought to you by Cocaine Bear the movie. Now playing in select theaters. Please check your local listings.
0: <laughs> is that our new sponsor?
1: <laughs> of course, right? <laughs> it is because I said it is. Jimmy. Um, talk about as Gakpo puts tackles on Anthony.
2: Like, there is some nouse in that kid. Yeah, I and I appreciate everything that he's done. And I've actually felt pretty bad for Cody for the majority of this early stint here at at Liverpool because I feel as though, and I think all of us do, that he's not surrounded by the talent that was expected or is on paper. Just everyone's injured or coming back from an injury. And so, at times, he's he's attempted to do things by himself in the attack, and he, he's had some bright spots, but you can't do it alone. So, when I was saying earlier at the beginning of the podcast that I was saying up to his goal that I wasn't impressed with Cody, it wasn't about his energy, it wasn't about driving forward, it wasn't about the effort, it was more along the lines that I just felt that he couldn't do much of anything for creation. I, I you know, I think, I've heard a couple of people saying this might be the replacement for Bobby. Um, some people also said the same thing about Jeff, right? so we, we can talk about that later. But Cody, as the energy, has the effort to, to push forward, does do what you were saying, Jeff. But I just felt like he wasn't doing enough to link up with, those, with the Fred three, with the, the two opposite side of him. So when he starts to score his goals, what I thought was, you know is there a way to make sure that he in to ensure that he kind of just stays in that final third rather than trying to do all the other extra stuff and allow darwin nunez allow salah allow diaz when if he comes back to do that work for him and he's just got wonderful creativity his finishing is outstanding as we saw and i was really rooting for him to get that hat trick Unfortunately, he wasn't given the time to do that, but, you know, he took a couple of hard tackles throughout the match as well, so good on Klopp, they get him off, he got a standing ovation, saved his legs, they're going to need it for the for the run. Well deserved in all respect.
1: Uh, and for all three of the attackers, we'll get into this as we uh, dive deeper into player performances, but for all three to come out with a brace in a tie like this that has usually been fraught with bad luck and weird occurrences that, I don't know, the Gerard stamp where he was off in 90 seconds. Like, just doesn't seem to match both teams' form coming in when we link up with, uh, with United. But in recent years, it's really been lopsided apart from how we open the ear. So uh, as we kind of finish off the first half, I think you know, there was one sweet moment that I noted where the cop early was singing Bobby's song. Uh, Bobby wasn't anywhere in the lineup, but obviously with his announcement that he's moving away from the club, that was a, a an enduring moment. Uh, and we'll talk about in the second half how it really became a wonderful curtain call. Uh, but just too much love, Nick, for Bobby Firmino in every part of Anfield today.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he's so charming. His charisma is infectious. He He, I mean... He's one of my favorite players ever at Liverpool, and uh, he's got one of the best songs ever. So, whenever they have a chance to sing it, they're going to sing it. I'm so glad that he came on late in the game and and scored as well. Um, but he just provides so much to this team, and he has throughout the years. Uh, whether he's pulling defenders away, creating space, his little flicks, his quick finishing, his headers—he's super header actually. Uh, but yeah, we don't have to. To drool all over Bobby right now, but it was it was great. It was great to to see him get in there at the end and get a goal.
1: I think it'll be a long through the second half, long drool on on Bobby. Just a a legend in every way. For all the players that have left, he would have to be my emotional like biggest letdown that he's leaving. Uh, Second only, you know, it, it would be Genie would be like my my second, but. I think Bobby the first, just the way he's going out, what he's meant to the club, the prototypical Klopp player he became, especially you know in those big years like 16-17, 17-18. So yeah, uh, so much to say about Bobby, not enough time. Um, why don't we flip over to the second half? Uh, so Jimmy, something that doesn't happen often for Liverpool, especially in you know latter part of last season to this season, our finishing... Starting off well in the consistency through 90 minutes, it hasn't always been there. And certainly Klopp hasn't always gotten subs perfectly right, which can be a function of just the health up and down the roster. I think today was a little bit different, right? Like we came up, entered with pretty much the same energy that we left with. Wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah, that's what surprised me. It was a sucker punch. I loved seeing it. The The goal that, that Union's got to get in just within the first five minutes of the second half, whatever Tenog attempted to do in the locker room, it all fell apart with that goal. Because after that, they just lost their heads. And again, I wasn't happy to see Harvey Elliott in the midfield. I don't think that he does well in the midfield. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of us that would agree with that. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying I don't want to see him play for Liverpool. I'm saying I don't want to see him be in the midfield. And we actually saw a couple of, mistakes. He gave the ball away a couple of times in the first half. That led to dangerous United breaks. Some of those chances that they had that they couldn't put away. Well, what is he doing for the second goal? He's inside the box. Puts in the great cross and unions uses his big head to put it in the back of the net. Great. Let's keep RV Elliott up for the club. Why don't we do that? Um it worked out for this match. It I'm we're all ecstatic that it happened that, that it worked out this for this match and that it didn't come back to bite us in the ass. But Easily, one of, the, one of the couple of times that he gave the ball away in the midfield in the first half could have gone the other way. So like, again, if we can keep him up in, in the final third, if we can keep Cody inside of the box, <laughs> um, I would love that a little bit more. And then, look, I understand K didn't play well or hasn't been playing well the past couple of matches. He was teasing on getting that second book in the most recent match that he played. But Klopp obviously has no issues playing underperforming midfielders in the midfield over and over again and you know hello Henderson I love Henderson I've always defended him the podcast that you didn't publish Jeff, was actually me gushing <laughs> over Henderson so and I stand by that because in those times a couple of seasons ago I think he was stellar sure but he's got the trophies like to prove it you it. can't disrespect
1: that I don't think so right so
0: Jim uh what yes why do you think that they, because Stefan's been on a tear as well, and he's been amazing in the midfield. Why do you think they went with Elliot over that youngster?
2: I don't know. I really, I, the only thing I could think of is they're they're trying to protect him, which I think is smart. We saw what happened to Harvey, unfortunately, when he was starting to get a few games in and then he had his devastating injury. Likely he was able to come for it in the same season. That young blood, that 18-year-old blood at that time, right, just healed um But I think that's what it Like is. They're protecting him. They're ensuring that he doesn't play too many games because he's very, very promising. I think we could all agree, the three of us would agree here that when you have him in the midfield alongside Fabinho and then whoever else, even if it's Henderson, they look much, much better. And Fabinho looks much, much better having that support. So, but again, I mean, cyber to start that second half, got that second goal in. I feel that whatever United was going to attempt to do because again they were down one there one zero but you could argue that they had played better or they at least had them they, they did have the most chances in the first half statistically so ten had probably just told them you know like we got we got sucker punch let's just keep doing what we're doing and it's going to come through and ali also looking a bit shaky a couple of times she just um did present the opportunity for united to I have the opportunity to score a goal. So it wasn't all loss for them. So that second that second goal coming in so quickly obviously helped Liverpool quite a bit. And it just, if there was any chance that Anfield, the the supporters were going to come back a little flat themselves. We've seen that happen. You don't expect it against United, but if there was a chance after that second goal, there was no more chance that anyone was going to stay save. It was going to be roaring towards the end of the, uh, for the rest of the match.
0: That Allison slip and almost blunder. It was like, it was like a the announcer jinx. Like when someone's at the free throw and they're like, "Oh, they got the best free throw shooter here, ninety-seven percent," and then brexit it. It was so bizarre. Like right when they were saying, "Just as long as Liverpool doesn't make any mistakes," and then he slips and Fernandez is in.
1: And of course, Fernandez coming unglued. I mean, it was just so clear. I think after gosh, the second goal of the second half when we went up 3-0. I mean, it, it seemed like United was already giving it up. Like, just too much, sorry, we're, we're our heads are out of the game, and no one was it more clear with than than Bruno. Like, <laughs> you know, get caught diving and, you know, losing his head in attacks, and, you know, the whole, like, what was it con- with the hand that barely grazed his face and, you know, made it look like he'd been shot
0: portuguese or in a portuguese
1: though i love him you love him as a player but man his uh his south american dive even though he's from portugal is uh truly exceptional
2: yeah how dare you not south american drive that's european dive. okay I, is it such a is there such a thing as Portu- portuguese dive it's you know what a lot of portuguese are doing it so uh but no the diving didn't come from South America. That's BS. I'm not going to stand for it ever. <laughs> all right, it, it's happening in Europe. It's always happening in Europe. It's just they they like to point it out when a South American player does it. I'm not standing for it. <laughs> well, you're sitting, technically, but sure.
0: Yeah, Neymar didn't didn't help the case for the South Americans. All right. There's going to be there's going to be divers. There's going to be
2: floppers all over the world. He's high profile. But he doesn't represent South America. South America also has some of the most violated games if you watch their domestic leagues. And I'm—I know a lot of us. have seen highlights from rivalries in Argentina, games in Mexico, which is North America. So I'll, I'll take that back. That's not South America, but Latin countries. Because when they when they say foreigners come and ruin the game, you know they're not talking about uh, you know they're not talking about other foreigners more more than Latin American countries. So I'm not going to stand for that. But, yeah, Neymar, definitely not helping the case. I'll, I'll give you that. As we digress, hey, this is a good time to get back to these,
1: these lovely balls that went into the back of the net. I mean, just talk about that Nunez header. Like, I believe he headed the ball off his man bun. Like, am I mistaken? I mean, it's just a quintessential indication that, that the day was going great for Liverpool when this freaking man bun yields a perfect header into the corner of the the cage. It was incredible.
0: I mean, with that five head and the man bun, you know, he's got a lot of surface area to hit, so when Army Elliott beams it in there, I mean, it's going to go into his head somehow. Uh, hey, hey, and I- that was glorious. <laughs> no, it was like, uh, no, I think it was Canote tried to hit it with his man bun on that one where he turned around midair and hit it with the back of his head. Um, probably why he plays defense usually, but no, Nunez was incredible today. I was so, so glad to see his energy pay off. You know, he's been, he's been one of the bright spots I thought in the past few weeks on our resurgence. So just working hard and, and really pressing and and going about it the Liverpool way, and um, to see him get get two goals today was was great for for him. His energy and competence uh, moving forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, he put in the fifth goal. I, I think it was pretty clear, but somewhere between the fifth and the sixth, that United had completely given up. Like, there was just no fight left in that team, and it was just so obvious. Like, they couldn't get the ball out of their own half. Jimmy, like, was there any hope for United at that point, or did you see the same thing?
2: No, I saw the same thing, and just to go back to what we were saying right after Liverpool's second goal right after this, right at the start of the second half, the, the stats showing that Man United had Three shots on goal to Liverpool zero. Liverpool starts to score. Man United end up with four shots on goal. So they had one shot on goal. I don't know when it happened, honestly, in between the six goals that Liverpool scored in the second half. But that just goes to show you that whatever, whatever energy, whatever opportunities they had, it all went away. They started to give the ball away. And this was not something I was expecting. I did not expect United to crumble the way that they did. He, the The talk was that United maybe had an outside chance of a title push. I I didn't believe it, but they <laughs> simply did. They're, they're coming off winning some silverware. I'm not gonna laugh at the League Cup. I wanted the League Cup when Liverpool was not winning in. When they won it last season, I was extremely excited for it. So I think that they came in with a lot of confidence. They just beat Barcelona to advance out of the round of 32 in the Europa League as well. So lots of confidence coming in, possible title push. The way that they crumbled was very unexpected uh, and it just makes it that much sweeter. Yeah, that was, in fact, I mean, pr- pretty
1: sure they said it, the worst loss in the Premier League era for United S- shipping
2: seven goals is unheard of. That was a precedent today. I mean, I love it. I love it. Go show the seven fingers. Uh, every time you see, <laughs> every time you see a United supporter, Nick, you and your friends just go ahead and take a picture of seven fingers and send it that way. We'll be able to have that forever.
0: Yeah, they were my United fans. Were, we were texting back and forth, and they were being good sports about it. But uh, yeah, this is one to rub in for a while. I mean, Jeff, we were at the the fanfare,
1: fan uh, fest. Last. Oh yeah, in, in L.A. at the Coliseum. That was beautiful.
0: And that was glorious. That was what four zero or was that the five zero match?
1: I think it was. I think it was four 4-0 but it was at Old Trafford, so it's essentially, 5 nil, 6 nil at home.
0: I mean, we could just 4-0, 7. I mean, more, more. Like, the gift, more. Just give him it more. It's great.
1: All of which leads to, I mean, we finished 7 nil, And we finished 7 nil because, again, Bobby Firmino. It was like, Danfield turned into a cathedral with his 7th. I mean, he assisted Mo for the 6th, and then... He he brings one home himself in the ultimate. I mean, how the Klopp received him, like the energy on the field. And then there was the United supporter that I guess clipped Robertson. I didn't even see what happened because, again, we're recording immediately after the match. But that was concerning for a half minute. Um, everything okay? <laughs> Just ask that question. Is Robertson all right? Do we know that it was a United supporter? I still don't know. That, that's what they were speculating about. That was my best guess.
0: I thought it was a Liverpool fan trying to come in there and celebrate, and was just being a and Klopp was not having it. I thought he was about to go over there. I, th- I
1: think he was so animated. They were saying because it was a United supporter, but who knows. Um, but <laughs>
2: yeah, The cameras, at least in the in the broadcast here in the States, the, they didn't show what happened because they were focusing on Klopp celebrating, and then all of a sudden, they turned back, and Curtis was also kind of hopping around. So... It almost made me think, this is pure speculation obviously, that maybe the huddle was celebrating the goal of the Liverpool players and then this person tried to jump on top. That's my speculation. This person tried to jump on top and they weren't expecting anyone else because the team essentially was huddled around Firmino. So, but we don't know. But, um, Robertson kept on running for the rest of the match, but once that um, game, heat wears off, once, he, once he's in recovery, hopefully he's still going to be alright. And Curtis Jones, hopefully, he's not out for the next six months again just because of some random little uh, injury. The Mick and has had such bad luck this season. I feel bad. I get frustrated, but I feel extremely bad that
0: almost every time he goes out there, he comes back hurt. I was happy to just see him on the on the bench. He's. I feel like he hasn't even been in any of our lineup at all for quite a while.
1: Yeah, not consistently, for sure. It's been the same. Unfortunately, losing midfield for a while. And that's a whole FSG conversation we can save for a future pod. Um, why don't we spend a second just looking at the player performances? And we've been kind of sprinkling it throughout coverage of the first half and the second half. Nick, going to you, like, give me your highlights of keeper plus our back line. What'd you think?
0: Well, like Jim hit it on a little bit earlier, Allison, uh, he was a little shaky. A couple times he slipped, um, but they weren't able to capitalize on it. He didn't have to make any tremendous saves. He made one early on against... Um, I think it was Anthony had a shot from the wide that was curling in. Far post, he made a, he made a good save for... Uh, a couple of those offsides that I talked about earlier, he was in good positioning to force the player wide uh, to either you know kick it out of bounds or hit the post. So he did well there. You know, I mean, to have what was it four or is this our fifth clean sheet in a row in the premier league you know alice playing played fantastic i think
1: no question uh,
0: and then for the defense you know we've got that that rotating alongside van dyke of or, or gomez or Konate, and we didn't really have to rely on them that much i you know just not having to hear from them was great or them having to make a crucial tackle. So, you know, Konate was just kind of there doing this thing. Uh, he could add a goal. Robertson and Trent were incredible. I mean, their their work was astonishing. They were all over the pitch. Um, Trent had a couple of really good balls that weren't finished. But Robertson, you know, we talked about his pass to Gakpo earlier. He played incredible. And I think, you know, Simikas maybe put a little pressure on him for how well he's been playing. So I don't, you know, that's that's probably a good little competition in house. You know, Robertson wants to keep his spot, and he came out there and showed why um, he was starting and why they made a decision to to put him in there for this match. So
1: pretty sure he uh, leads the team in assists at this point. He was leading the team with five to Trent's two, kind of shocking through this yeah, it, this match week, but you know, added what two
0: today. Did he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could have even had more. He was, he was incredible. I know he had the Gakpo one, um, but yeah, I'm not sure about the others. But yeah, I mean, all in all, a great effort. No goals to one of the top teams, so pretty satisfied with the back.
1: And and for all the shaky defensive performances we've seen from Trent, I mean, he was clearly switched on. So that that energy from him all the way to the front, it made all the difference today, uh, Jimmy. Our much maligned midfield, why don't we <laughs> transition back to you? I was, I had plenty of anxiety coming into this, seeing Henderson in any starting lineup, in any important game for Liverpool. He was there next to Fabinho, who has been run into the ground by Klopp, just like every other player that Klopp's ever had. Uh, what was your assessment by the
2: end? I mean, they did start shaky, but they finished okay. Yeah. Yeah. You could say they finished. Okay. Don't want to be a wet rag here, but please, how much, how much can, can we put it to stomach of a United that we can all agree just gave up after maybe the third, let's give them credit, maybe the fourth goal against, right? So how much had this stayed a close match with this have kept going? The, the, the fact that they looked so solid towards the end—I mean, for the for the entirety of of the second half—I'm not exactly sure. I've already mentioned, and I know that we all saw Harvey Elliott not being solid in that midfield, giving up the ball a couple of times in the first half when it was still a close match. Henderson, uh, just like you, very nervous when I saw him on the starting lineup. You just don't know what, what you're going to get with Henderson, even if he brings "quote unquote" energy and intensity, and. He presses, sometimes His pressing, or unfortunately now you can say that most of the time his pressing is not effective. Just running around, chasing the ball like a dog chasing a car. Right? 100%. Laughing about, passed, yep. It just passed through him. So he actually, a couple of, of, of the goals, he started the breaks, which was great to see because the Henderson that was effective Every once in a while, even though he's been hoofing the ball way, way too much this season uh, to the point that we can start calling him Jordan Hooferson. Uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I think that um, there was a time where he would get a good ball, whether he would start the break as he did a couple of times in this match. And he was the one who started the the third goal, right? Gapko's second goal, the, the third, third goal. And I think he started another break. Um, He's been moving the ball way too much this season. And so it was good to see him go back to that effectiveness. But again, I'm sorry. I don't think that midfield would work in a close match against United. And we saw that it hasn't worked all season in these tight matches. So I'd rather not see him starting. I, I think he should transition to the Milner role already, probably this season, if uh, maybe towards the end of last season definitely this season, but he can transition to a role that's still being filled by Millie. So unfortunately, we're going to see him start in these matches. If he can provide more performances like this, then you can live with it, but it's definitely not ideal. Um, And Fabinho, I think he looked better. I think he looked better. There was actually one time where he ran down, was it Anthony? Down the left-hand side, he actually ran down with him. So don't tell me Fabinho can't run. I just think he's been exhausted, as you mentioned, Jeff, because he's been left isolated. And if you're the lone midfielder who has to do everything, um, help out the defense, help out with linking the attack, but you don't have support, you don't have people doing the running for you because Henderson can't run anymore. If Harvey likes to run all over the place when he's in the midfield, then eventually, like you said, Jeff, he's going to break down. He's going to be run down. He's going to be burnt out. I think that's what we're seeing. But when he has the support, when he's well-rested, I think he's still very effective. He still has the football IQ. It's just, can his body keep why not put the kid next to him? You know, and kid's been
1: Bakatich, back is that how you pronounce his last name? Like, he's our best midfielder, has been in, 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 at this point in the season. Why not him next to him? It, it, obviously, we debated that earlier, but it's such an obvious point. Like, if he has capable defending next to him, people that could cover their space, are good positionally, and know how to distribute the ball. Like, yeah. It, it, to your point about... Protecting the kid—that's that's important, but he needs capable partners to the left and the right. I mean, that's how Fabinho functions best.
0: I was just happy to not see Milner in the starting lineup with Henderson and Fabinho. Good God,
1: it's a guaranteed uh, loss. Yep, Jimmy, why don't you complete the victory lap on our attack? Like so many
2: great things to say. I don't know if I have a favorite. There was it was all wonderful and glorious when it comes to the goal scoring and the celebrations, but. Salah putting Martinez on his ass as, as he provided the assist to Cody's clinical finish when he just loops it over De Gea. I love that. That's, that's when I think, for me, that's probably when it broke him because Martinez was also doing the, the Bruno Fernandez thing, where they're both like headed and they, they try to get in people's faces. Martinez was, was drawing back and forth with Salah, I think at some point during the match. Um, And he did it with Nunez too, I think, right? It might have been Martinez um, that also was trying to get into Nunez's head. But as soon as Salah put him on his ass and then provided the assist, after that, uh, just, the floodgates brightly opened at that point. So, but like you said, Salah looked amazing. He looked back to his best. He loves playing against Western United. He's I think the statistics on, on NBC here were that he has scored like the most goals in the Premier League has been against United, which is a wild stat if you really think. Uh, considering that we had to watch Jeff, so much futility. We exactly in in against Man United before Salah came to Liverpool. We had to just watch everyone score against Liverpool and no one for Liverpool score. <laughs> I remember the first United Derby that I got to see uh, was Berbatov. I think scoring a hat trick. They beat Liverpool like five five one five zero at United. So it's just great to see a player just eats. When he plays against United, like no other, and he just loves it. Throwing off his shirt at the end after his his second goal was just incredible. There's no reason to do it, um, and I was glad that they didn't actually take that off for for side VAR like that. Right? If, if they would have taken that goal off, then he shouldn't have gotten to yellow. Is is my illogical understanding of the situation because there would have been no goal for him to take off his shirt for. Him. So but I was glad that he was able to do it. And thought, again, I'll just I'll just stick with what I said. Sorry, Nick. I just I'll stick with what I said. Keep Cody up front. Maybe it's time to think that Cody is the one pinpoint and then you have three behind him who can offer that sort, sort of support because that's where he does his best work. And units just all of it. You can put him anywhere in the attack and I think he'll provide for whoever's there, including himself. So they did really, really well. And hopefully this is just the confidence boost that they need uh, to continue.
0: I was just going to jump in there and say, if I had a 12 pack, I'd take my shirt off at any moment as well. <laughs> I mean, all of them could do that, right? Darwin could do that. So I can do that.
2: I don't think we've seen Cody do it yet, but it's, all of them are just a Brit. They look like statues. It's incredible.
0: Insane.
2: It was something to keep the ladies interested in the game, right?
0: We need to go back to that. So, uh, just Cook and Martinez. He was absolutely on skates. It looked like an Iverson crossover from back in the day. Uh, it was hilarious. He went back for more and double, double crossed them. And then... Jackpot with a little eat my chip to finish was just, that was such a good goal. Um, but the just to expand on, on the goals in the second half moment, that a lot. Half volley, bar down was just a thing of beauty. Um, and what a way to, to tie Fowler. So that strike was, I mean, he, he just looked surprised to have that ball sitting there dropping on the half volley, turn around and just, just nail the bar. It was so, so awesome.
1: Yeah, my note was, we were watching Vintage Salah. Like, that that Spurs match that we went all the way over there to see, Nick, uh, where he dribbled through, like, four or five different players to ultimately find the net. I mean, nobody could take the ball off of him, which has not always been the Salah that we see.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he was Vintage tonight, just like that match that uh, that we did go to. Yes, uh, I... I remember that a little bit. A little blurry from that night. Super Bowl as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, when he's got the ball in his feet like that and he's got you backing up, there's nothing you can do. I mean, he's so quick. Almost Messi-like when Messi's got him on his left foot coming at you. Um, Just a a thing of beauty.
1: Long may it continue. Um, So uh, getting into the next uh, fixtures on the schedule, we've got Bournemouth coming up next Saturday, which should give everybody some time to rest. We don't have any Champions League midweek, thank God. Um, so lots of time to rest for Bournemouth who you know couldn't complete the job uh, at the weekend. Um, so I, I think they're right for the taking. and then it comes Madrid next Wednesday. that's obviously the the fixture everybody's circled. Uh, Jimmy, do you give us any chance in hell? Once it comes time to to head to the
2: burnabout, ah, I don't know. I I think they should do what they did against Barcelona way back when and goal out first forty five and if they get a couple of goals, if they get one goal, then you go for it. But if they get scored on once, twice, if they're if if Madrids United, not if Madrids I'm sorry if Madrids lead expands in the in the in the first half i don't know like do you we've seen liverpool players drop like flies this season to entry do we really want to see them get injured in what might be a fruitless attempt to come back and then be injured for the rest of the season or for a majority of the of the end of the run for the season to make that tougher because right now it looks So possible, right? One game in hand, three points behind Spurs. Because of this match, I think, uh, if not prior, but they definitely solidified their goal difference. Advantage over Spurs, for sure. If there's a chance, if you get a couple of goals in the first half, yeah, okay. But for me, it's, I don't know. I'm more pragmatic in that way. Like, I understand. I'm not as emotional. It could be that they they catch a wave and they can ride it all the way to the end. But my fear would be getting injuries and then being short added for what looks like a real feasible option now in getting it to the top four in the Premier League. Yeah.
0: You know? I, I agree. And Madrid is our kryptonite. So I, I'd be happy never seeing them ever again. Uh yeah. but, I mean to Tim's point, you know, when we come back from that, we've got another it looks like two week break, but then we go City Chelsea Arsenal. All three in a row, so we we do want to be healthy for that. So I I agree with Jim. You know, see how the first half goes, and then make subs accordingly.
1: I mean, they just need three, right? So just three. Weir- weirder just things three. have happened. Weirder things have happened. All right, um, I think that takes care of it for this first talk on podcasts in three and a half years. I mean, felt good to me, Jimmy. Like maybe we should do this again. Sure, maybe Let's do it again. Love it gents thanks so much for joining uh listeners thanks so much for your patience with us with life and everything else that's happened wars and pandemics and all kinds of things that have happened the last three and a half years liverpool are flying high into the top four which is exactly how we wanted to end today thank you all for listening and until next time talk on fellas
0: talk on talk on talk on